Grant, you have to sell me on this. I, I feel like I am out of the zeitgeist of popular culture. I have never... Billy Zane? Billy Zane's asshole? Billy Zane. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've never seen the inside of Billy Zane's uh, posterior encavement. Here, uh, here's the most interesting thing that I could tell you about it. Sure. He wears a wig. <laughs> Good to know. Good to it know. Is an, it is an anus wig. Are we talking like a very subtle <laughs> wig to hide your bald spot? Or are we talking like 17th century French court? Um, well, I want to tell you the technical term is called an Angela Merkin. Okay, good. Yeah. So that is that the Angel the Angela Merkin covers the posterior, where the Merkin covers the front part. Mm. How about yeah. the Gherkin? But it is it is what a powder, the Gherkin is, cover. Oh, that covers the tip of the cock. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but it is it is a powder wig. He, he, you know, you can choose whatever you want, but he chooses a powder wig. But he chooses the powdered wig because he's fancy like that. No, I was going to tell you that there has never been not one time in my life that the liquid inside of a LaCroix, LaCroix, sorry, LaCroix, I was trying to be all fancy, uh, LaCroix has passed my lips. I've never had one. I, I've tried several, and I really want to get on board with it because I, this is funny because I'm, I'm holding in my hand <clears throat> a sparkling water, very similar to LaCroix. Because mm-hmm. cost- for the longest time, I thought LaCroix was actually alcoholic, but it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. But I, I'm holding this thing called Refresh. It is. I don't know if it's from. Is it from? Is it Ralph's Albertsons? Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's it's Albertsons. So this. Okay, I love sparkling water. Love it. Now the problem is, the fancier it gets, the more I hate it. <laughs> now so define the, fancier. What do you mean by that? Like more than a dollar fifty. Oh, I got you. I'm I'm drinking. I'm, a, there's, I'm, I'm five with Seven Eleven sparkling water, but as soon as I'm we get hold- to Trader Joe's sparkling water, get the fuck out. I'm holding a liter in my hand that cost sixty seven cents. Okay. Good. And if you bought a if you bought a can of Lacroix, I would bet it's like two bucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what what is a can? I don't even know what a can is anymore. Fifty nine milliliters. I have five hundred milliliters, probably something like that. No, that, that's a bottle. It's five ninety one milliliters. Oh, you're right. It's like. 200 then yeah something like that remember that time i uh, will get back to lacroix in a second but remember that time where those bottles were 600 milliliters and then just one day they were 591 i do and i don't know what happened like was there some sort of legislation that was like you have to tax more if it's over like 592 no i'm pretty i'm pretty certain they were just like you know what if we make 200 of these we save one bottle of soda exactly and we can charge the same amount and these suckers will still buy it. They'll be mad. But they'll so, still buy our sugared water that we mark up by 600%. So I, I would get these, these the, the bottles that I'm talking about here, and I love them. So everyone was telling me, LaCroix, LaCroix, LaCroix. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a try. So I bought a whole case. You what, know, flavor? Of, what flavor did you go with? I think it was raspberry. I'm a big okay. raspberry sparkling water fan. Uh, it could have been any, any, any of the other ones, like not grapefruit. Uh, it could have been orange. I like orange sparkling water. Um Lemon lime sparkling water is good, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, so I went and bought a whole case of it, right? I could have bought a, I could have bought a can to try it. So I put the whole case in the fridge. I was really excited. Everyone says it's the best, the best of the best of the best. And so, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm staring at the fridge. My, you know, my, I'm, I moved my bed out into the kitchen so I could lie at the foot of my bed with my, my head on, my chin on my hands. 
I made a little bridge with my hands and put my chin on there. And I, I just stared at the, at the fridge. And then once my, uh, it was like four hours long, I jumped in there, grabbed a can, took one sip and said, this is human garbage. I like that. And so you didn't even try another flavor. You were just like, no, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. It was, it was horrible. In fact, I went outside and I did, I stared directly into the eyes of a hipster that I saw walking down the street and I poured six of the other cans just on the ground, not breaking eye contact. Well, no, the, the other six of the cans, by the way, mm. I strapped them into a chair, like from clockwork orange and pried his eyes open Yeah, and poured three cans in one eye, three cans in the other eye. Great. Now he's blind. Actually, he has a superpower. What is that? D- discovering overpriced sugar water? Well, no, he can, he can touch a can without looking at it and tell the flavor. Oh, that's cool. That is a, yeah. that's a pretty decent thing. Uh, welcome, everyone, to whatever this is. This is the podcast where two guys sit down and try and discover whatever this is. My name is Kyle. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with Grant. We'll never have another LaCroix tingly. I'm still open to trying. My, my friend says I should try Italian soda. Oh, okay, sure. And she she, is, she works at a coffee shop, like a gourmet coffee shop in San Diego. So it's you know it's only a one location place. They they bake their own goods, right. you know they they grind their own beans. They have their own supplier, you know. They have a, like a craft, you know, supplier, right. and they and they now, make their own Italian soda. And she now, said you would probably my, really like it. Yeah, now forgive my ignorance. I don't exactly know what Italian soda is. Now is that just regular soda? except they put on like a white wife beater over the bottle and a chain okay and and they 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 very delicately paste individually uh 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 chest hair yes you're just poking out just a little bit from the shirt that they have on but that's why it costs so much because every single hair is pasted on individually oh i see and actually i think if you tap a jukebox with it it actually just starts playing a song and if you go, what are you looking at? All of a sudden, arms pop out, and it starts going, "Oh, what's the good of you?" And it's, <laughs> if you didn't couldn't tell, I was shaking my arms in the in the air. Yeah, it, it sounded like it. Grant, yeah. today's going to be a bit of a different episode. We are joining in in this thing that happens in in a few other places and on a few other podcasts. But what we're going to do is the 2018 Summer Movie Wager. And the quick synopsis of this, you can kind of see a breakdown of this on online. If you Google it, you can actually see exactly how all the point structure works. But essentially what me and Grant are trying to do is guess or predict which movies are going to have the most box office in North America. It's only domestic box office that we're going through from number one to number 10. And you get more points if you hit it dead on. You get some lesser points if it's only one off, even less points if you're two off, etc. Uh, and you're also given three dark horses. Three dark horses, you can get points if they actually do show up on the top ten, uh, even though you don't think they're going to show up on the top ten at all. It's a really fun game. I got trounced last year. Like, I got re- beaten real, real bad. So we're going to see if I, I can keep up the streak. Uh, we'll keep the streak alive. Now, I have a guess, Grant. Actually, is there anything you want to say about that before we move on? I don't care. <laughs> just like the rest of our audience i have a feeling i know what we both picked for number one but maybe you're gonna you're gonna wow me here grant which movie did you pick for number one what is gonna have the most box office the peanut butter solution great awesome the sequel yeah. to the peanut butter solution me and you are both aligned on this 
Uh, no, Infinity War, of course. Infinity War. That's the one I picked as well. Now, I think this is a time to pause for a second. And I'm, we had a little bit of a debate, Grant and I, but I'm going off of the mm. rules of the Slash film cast here a little bit because they chose to uh, include Avengers Infinity War, even though technically, if you go by the normal rules of the summer movie wager, you start in the first weekend of May. And they decided to uh, randomly release the Avengers a week earlier than what they had originally planned. So, But we're including it anyways. We're going to include the box office Avengers Infinity War, and that is why I think... It is going to be number one, even though we're releasing this after it was technically released. Um, let's pretend that we made our lists before that happened. Um, so why do you think, though, Grant, why do you think this is going to be the number one movie of the summer? Well, it's the most anticipated movie of the last 10 years. Once Iron Man came out, you would, you, you know, you then then uh, a few years later, Avengers came out and then all of a sudden you see Thanos. You know what's coming. Yeah, we're, we've been <clears throat> building up to this. <clears throat> Uh, sort of for for ten years, but really for at least the last six. But the real big nerds knew it was coming from Iron. Even from probably once uh, Nick Fury showed up in Iron Man and mentioned the Avengers, you knew unless Iron Man made forty two dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. You knew they were coming with uh, Infinity War eventually. Um, and I guess I mean, <clears throat> take taking out that, uh, I I actually do want to have a conversation. Have you seen <clears throat> Infinity War yet? Yeah, of course. Okay. Seen it twice. Oh, I, I was going to see it twice, and then the second time kind of fell through. Right now, me and Grant are going to talk about Infinity War before moving on with the rest of our list. So if you have not seen it, uh, skip ahead a few minutes, I guess. It might be actually like 10 or so minutes. Well, when, um, when are you going to release this? Like tonight, probably. Okay, so we are – it's Friday. We're recording Friday. So I made an official judgment call because I am the arbiter of all spoiler rules. Sure. That for such a major release as this, yeah, you get two weekends. I yeah. To openly discuss spoilers. I so will, Monday yeah. is the is the official day that you can just walk around the streets shouting whatever the hell you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say, <clears throat> I thought that there was more than usual a lot of uh, news outlets and Twitter accounts. That were being pretty loosey goosey with spoilers. I thought, like day of the release, thinking that they were being like cute and like I'm not spoiling anything. But it's like you kind of are with that with that headline. Well, it's like you know who's not gonna die, you right. know, and you're like, okay, well, you know, then that person's gonna die. You dumb idiot. Yeah, like, it's like it. it's it's like a non sport like a non admission admission. Right. Exactly. Well, like, I w- I wasn't the one that. Killed the egg. <laughs> uh, so I want to know your initial thoughts. I mean, you've seen it twice now, but what yeah. uh, what are you thinking about this movie? Well, it's it's really it's exhausting. Um, the first well, time, wait I, a second, wait a second. The first time I exhausting. was on adrenaline. Okay, I, I was. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. Exhausting in what way? Because I actually found, at least I. I mean, I had a very busy day. I was at the Comic Expo here in Calgary. I went and saw this movie at 10:30 at night. And even though I was there until like just after like one o'clock in the morning, uh, I felt like it kind of zipped by for me the first time. Well, I no, it's it. it's when it's the uh, it it zips by and then all of a sudden it becomes very exhausting. Oh, I see. I got you. Yeah. Okay, but then then you watch it a second time and you're like, okay, 
this is exhausting. There was a guy <laughs> there was a guy that watched it five times in a row. And he's not even a comic book fan. He was just doing it for YouTube. Okay. And he reviewed it after everyone. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine that. Like, have he's he's like, I've seen a handful of the Marvel movies. He's like, I'll never see a Thor movie. I'll never see a Captain America movie. Oh, those are the best. Like, the Captain America ones are the best ones, though. I know. He's just like, oh, you know. So he's seen, like, out of the 19, he's seen, like, five. You know, I don't think he saw Age of Ultron, you know. So he's coming into this pretty dark. He said when he watched the first Avengers, he was like, I don't who's that? I don't know. Whatever. Right, right, right. So that to me sounds exhausting. But the second time I saw it, I saw it two days later. I saw the first, no, I saw it three days later. I saw it first time on Thursday, and then I saw it on Sunday. And it was just the second time was very exhausting. It did zip by. because uh, I was surprised when I walked out of there. I'm like, because I didn't check the runtime before I went in, and normally I do. But uh, I didn't want to be checking my watch. Right. Yeah. I wanted to just be going like, okay, we know, you know, whatever happens, happens. So um, it did zip by for the most part. And the fact that it kept cutting around really quickly. Mm-hmm. So it, I kind of imagine it like seven movies kind of like super cutted together. Well, in a, in many ways, it really is. It's telling such a grand story. Like, there's so many different storylines that it's trying to interweave together. That uh, I actually give the the Russo brothers a lot of credit for keeping like the main thrust of the movie uh, pretty well intact for the entire runtime. But you're jumping across like to this planet on this universe, and then back to Earth, and then on the space station, and then like. Uh, over to a spaceship and like it keeps bouncing around all over the place and yet there's still this through line because i think that in a very uh devilish way or in a very interesting way the the superheroes are really not the protagonists of this film no of course not Uh, it's thanos yeah and i thought that was such a brilliant way to do this and and way to structure the movie that it's thanos's movie and the rest of the superheroes are kind of the supporting characters. Yeah. Um, but initial thoughts then. What did what did you think of it? What did you like about it? What did you hate it, about it? I thought it was really good. There's not much I hate about it. I don't even think there's anything I hate about it. I, I thought it was really well done. It was just good. You know, and, um, you know, I would say it's, you know, I probably enjoyed Black Panther more. I initially enjoyed Ragnarok more, but Ragnarok kind of like loses its luster the longer you get away from it. Right. Um, but you know, Civil War and Winter Soldier, I probably would still rank above this. Yeah, I, I guess I want to, yeah, ask a couple of, of <clears throat> pointed questions here. Um, of course, there's there's the ending that that everyone is talking about. But do you think there was any standout performances in the movie? Because I have a couple that I want to point out. Well, I really, you know, you you come back to Thor again, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 the last two. Th- Thor performances have really el- taken his character from, you know, there's that guy with a with a thing, and now lifted him up pretty well. Um, and I, I really liked, and I don't know how much it was special effects or not, uh, but I really liked Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean, th- those two are interesting that you call that because I agree. I I think that <clears throat> that Doctor Strange and Thor, well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, all the characters I think were handled really, really well. But I think what it really shows 
and and this is might be my bias. I know that 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 Thor has held his own comic book for like decades, but at least in the movie uh, series and in in this uh, universe of films, I just feel that Thor works way better as a supporting character than a lead character. Because I mean, Chris Hemsworth just knocks it out of the park every single time. I felt emotion for his journey through this film. Mm-hmm. Like I really felt for him understood what he was doing and when he shows up in that climactic battle i was like yeah yeah thor's back that's awesome that's so cool uh and that's sometimes nothing like i don't feel anything like that at least in the first two thor films i didn't feel even remotely close to that and i think the same thing can be said for dr strange where his uh solo film um i felt a little bit um not as invested in his journey and maybe that's partly because it was an origin story so they had to go through those motions but I think his actual like personality and his, his character really shone through a lot more here in this film, especially with his interplays with uh, Tony Stark and himself. Well, that shows how important his appearance in Thor Ragnarok was, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. because they're like, okay, we don't have to go through growing pains of Doctor Strange because he is now top of his game. Sure, yeah. Like we went from here he is, like training wheels, all this shit – in in Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange number one, keep on trying. And then we show him for five minutes in Thor Ragnarok, and we go, nope, he's good now. We don't have to do any more training levels. No more leveling up. He's level ninety nine. You know, he's good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I okay, and I know Grant, you're gonna make fun of me for this, and it's totally my bias. Um, I teared up. Uh, during Peter Parker's final scene. Of course. That, that that moment where everyone is starting to disappear and you're realizing, oh, Thanos won. Like, he he actually, he won. He beat the Avengers. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, that realization that Peter's like, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, I don't feel good. Like, just the tremble in his voice. Like, he just knocked it out of the park so much that I was like, oh, man, like, this is my favorite Peter Parker and you're taking him away from me already. Yep. Now, there has been a lot of talk, again, about the ending and how it kind of ends in a very depressing manner. And I'm, I'm curious where you think, this is when we kind of put on our thinking caps, and where do you think they go from here? Okay, well, I've, I've read a couple interviews. As of high. And now, I don't know which writer, was it Marcus? I, I think it was know. Marcus, if that's his name. I think the, the Mark, Mark, Mercury, Mercutio, Mercutio. Uh, Tybalt, right. Tybalt and Tybalt Mercutio and I was gonna say the same wrote, thing. wrote this script. Right. And then uh, I believe in the second one, they handed it off to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. So. Oh, a short, blunt human pyramid. Very nice. Right. Um, but, um, you know, Marcus, I think he said that the deaths are real. Right. Now, I'm They're gonna, all dead. I, I'm, I'm going to read into that a little bit more because I think that they can – be a little bit wishy-washy in that in that that people who they could like, also faded lie. into dust also lie. well they could also straight up lie but i think yeah. that they are being very particular with their language because kevin feige said the same thing or kevin feige said the same thing let's just call him feige from now on feige the feigester he said the same thing that the people who are dead are dead or the people who died are, are dead but are the people who went into into the little dust did they actually die? I think that's where they're going to get, get like the semantics in there. I absolutely think the other people they showed, I think Loki, I think Gamora, um, there's someone else. Someone else that they actually killed. I think those people absolutely 100% are dead. The people who fade into dust, 
A, we know Black Panther's coming back. We know Peter Parker's coming back. We know so, the Guardian. Most of the Guardians are coming back. Most of the Guardians are coming back. So I, I don't think that they're going to be dead. However, the the hope that I have, and this is where like the second part of this, like the next Avengers movie next summer, could really feel cheap, or it could be this triumphant return. I I feel that if you're going to disappear so many characters. And they are like legitimately right now, at least in canon, dead. That when they come back, there has to be some reckoning with that. That there has to be some sort of cost that comes with them dying. And that it can't be just like a wave of the hand or a wave of the Infinity Stone. And then they're all just back alive again. That there it's, has it's, to be it's, something. It's two and a half hours of Pepper Potts in an accounting visor deciding right. who should be alive and who should be dead. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping that's for. That's all it is. I think yeah. it's interesting that they do have the, the original five Avengers are still alive. Uh, so I think that yeah. they're really going to lean into that. But yeah, I, I really hope it's not just like they just come back and nothing is ever told about that again. I want it to be very similar to to Tony Stark's sacrifice in the first Avengers mm-hmm. film and how that really impacted him over like the next five times he shows up in the series. He's always recalling that kind of like PTSD he has of... Uh, getting to the point where, like, I'm sacrificing myself, I'm going to kill myself to save the world. Well, and uh, Thanos, Thanos is talking about saving the universe, mm-hmm. but there are multiple universes. So that could come into play as well. Who knows I don't, what's I going don't know on. if that's ever been floated in the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, that would be fascinating if they started to go down that road for sure. Well, let me dig up Stephen Hawking and ask him if there are multiple universes. I think he'll agree with me. Well, I'm sure i'm sure yeah, he will. yes yes grant there are multiple you know well i think if he's dead i think we'll give him back his his uh Real his voice. earthly body uh i can't do a british accent that you well you can't do a cockney accent that he's from cockney isn't he i have no idea uh, <laughs> cool, but, yeah, blimey. Like, but i you know i i think there's a you know an aspect there that would be interesting you know um but all, you know um now the reason why Thanos is is destroying half the people in the universe is because there isn't enough resources. Apparently. Resources. Now my friend Dylan said, "Well, why doesn't he use the Infinity Gauntlet to make more resources?" Right. And I'm like, "That's very logical." That's but a valid what you're for- what you're forgetting is he's a psychopath. Well, there's that, but I guess you could also, if you really wanted to nerd out about this. There is the law of thermodynamics. You can't just make more resources out of nothing. It's yeah, have if to you have the infinite gauntlet, you can do whatever you want. True enough. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I thought of the same things. Like, could he just make more resources? Then, really, at the end of the day, yeah. Um, but the, but no, but, the, like being a psychopath, the first thing he thought of was, well, obviously, we should just kill half the people. Right. Like you can. The interesting thing about Thanos is that, like, I can understand like his thought process and like how he got to where he was. Uh, and it does seem rational, but he is absolutely like the <laughs> a psychopath, like you said. So it's like he's going off far off the deep end in that point. Yeah. Um, was there? Did you see it opening night? I saw it the Thursday, so the the technically the so preview, the real night. real opening. Well, you had the hardcores come out there. Then was there any interesting audience reactions for you? Silence. When? At the end. Yeah, at the end. Okay. Same well, no, like me. when. When almost when every you know when a new person appeared on screen, yeah, there was the you know like you know early nineteen nineties you know sitcom TGIF Oracle slides in the door, right? Woo! 
<laughs> there was a cheer when Captain America showed up for sure in my theater. Like was like <laughs> he had the biggest reaction. Well, by that far. was that was the worst part. Like they shouldn't have included that in the trailer because right, yeah, right yeah. when I saw that fight happening, I'm like, Captain is showing up. So sure. that was the that was the the in the trailer there was two worst conclusions, one the smashing of the moon, mm-hmm. and two Captain America. However, what I will say is kind of brilliant is that they included scenes in the trailer that absolutely did not happen in the movie. Specifically, they have scenes with Hulk fighting, which means that they actually took the time. Somebody had to go and create the Hulk, like CGI the Hulk, into like 15 seconds of footage in a trailer for scenes that never actually happened. Do you think the Hulk has ED? Well, maybe. Could be. Um, the other thing I loved My, about the trailer, there, there was there was somebody that I, I I heard said that the Hulk is just tired. It's well, like, I, think I was he is the afraid. Hulk for two, I was like the Hulk for two years. Yeah. I'm I'm going to take a break. Well, I, I think he deserves yeah. it. I mean, but he did get his ass kicked by Thanos pretty definitively. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out is that there was a lot of conjecture and a lot of Twitter backlash when the poster was released because it's like, well, why why isn't Hawkeye on this poster? And legitimately, people thought that they, he just wasn't important enough to put on. And the real reason was he wasn't in the movie, like, at all, which is, I think, an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, my mom was like, what, what was the worst part of the movie? And I'm like, no, Hawkeye. Yeah. I'm sure he's coming back, though, for the next one. Well, he's been shown on set. Come, of and course as, he's coming as, back. As are going to be the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, I, I well, clearly... You know, he's what happened, you know, obviously what happened is his family got wiped out from Thanos mm, and he's yeah. pissed off. No, that's that's actually a, probably a really great point, Grant. I that's why he's Ronan. That's, that's why is. he's all of a sudden Ronan. Do you think he, he is going to be? Well, but, you know, yeah, of course. Look at his hair. Well, he's I don't, got, he's look, got at, the I don't look at pictures and I don't look at trailers, so I don't know what you're referring to. Well, they, his hair is cut into a faux hawk, basically. Okay. So, you know, whenever I get really when I when I used to have long hair. Yeah. Whenever you got really angry, you just shaved the sides of it and made a faux hawk. Well, no, I would like I would cut my hair. Right. I would do like I would do something drastic. I'd go into the bathroom because I remember when I when I broke up with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. like the first thing I did was like I walked into the bathroom and just shaved my head. It's a like, very don't you know like haven't you seen all those girl movies? Like I mean you know girls. I forget girl which trip. Movie. Forget which movie it was I watched recently. Girl interrupted. Oh, it, what are you it was talking the, about? The Trust. Have you have you been watching the TV show The Trust? I don't know what that is. Okay, well, Hillary. Hil- oh, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. But Hillary Swank is in it. Her son was kidnapped, and she got really upset. You know, she she thinks she got a phone call from him, and it turns out it was from him. But then a mm-hmm. kidnapper came on. He had escaped for a minute, and then the kidnappers got to got to him right when he was on the phone with his mom. Mm-hmm. And like the next scene is her cutting her hair. Okay. Or just let's go with the simple one, G.I. Jane. Yeah, there we go. That that makes sense. Um, we should say, too, that when we're recording, I just remembered that the uh, – oh, no, that was yesterday. Cause it, no, today is Friday. Uh, today, uh, the, the, the fourth season of Arrested Development was recut and released onto Netflix. Did you just read my tweet? I tweeted this just before we started getting on here. No. I'm like, I, what the, I'm like, what the hell is this? Arrested Development remix thing. Yeah, so no, now I, you have to explain it to me. We're, we're, we'll get to the top ten. This will yeah, be a yeah. five-and-a-half-hour podcast. Yeah. No, we'll get to it like, right after this. I, I, so I, need quick, to go get, I need to go get some more five-hour energy and butt-chug them really quick. Right. Two, two, oh, my gosh. Two quick things. Um, so, A, I, I still like Avengers Infinity War. I want to see it a second time. I do think this is absolutely like a part one 
of two. Uh, and I also want to say that the after credit sequence was great. I really, really liked it. It's probably the best one in the, like, the last seven movies, <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, so the Redux, what it is, is that Mitch well, Horowitz my, came my, my, my favorite part about the post-credit scene. Or just interrupt scene, me. That's fine. That's good. No, I just want to say my favorite part of the post-credit scene yeah. was I feel like um, I feel like uh, Sam Jackson Jackson pushed the button with his middle finger. Oh really? Oh, I should take a look at that. No, he didn't. He didn't actually do that. Oh. Okay. Like in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. You know, and he's yeah, pushing. Exactly. He's like, fuck you. Here comes here comes the boom. Kevin James is coming in. Right, right, right. Um, this also begs the question if whether Ant Man and the Wasp is happening simultaneously or like before or after or when is that actually happening in the time frame? Well, you know, you have to. You also have to jump in here. It's like Agents of Shield. Are people going to disappear in Agents of Shield? Probably What's not. going on there? No one's going. It's not going to. It's not have no impact on the TV universe of Marvel, which breaks my heart a little bit. No, it does because you know what? You know who disappeared? Who's that? The Inhumans. They just, they just disappeared. All of them. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so the Redux, the remastering, whatever they're calling it, Mitch Hurwitz came out here a few days ago and said he's heard the backlash. He understands that people weren't like as into season four of Arrested Development uh, because what it was, it was like whatever, 10 episodes or something like that that were somewhere between 30 to 50 minutes long each. Sort of yeah, I, th I think the longest one was 50 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So he says what he did. In his off time, just to see. Oh, and by the way, he he came out with this on right before uh, Quattro de Cinco. Exactly. Very important. In very important note. Um, and so he released this letter saying, "Hey, we're working on season five right now. It's going to be released on Netflix. But in the meantime, enjoy season four again, where as a challenge to myself to see what I could do in the editing room, he took all that footage." and remolded it into the classic style of Arrested Development, where it's not just following one character per episode, which is what they were doing uh, in season four, but still having the classic where people interact and um, you know run into each other. And he's making the classic uh, 22 episodes of 22 minutes long. Now, to me, this shows that season five is coming very soon. It must be, yeah. It has to and be sometime this year. Because they, they – no, I mean very soon. Mm, okay. They they filmed uh, last summer. Season five has been in the can for a long time. Right, right. I think this is a brilliant ploy because remember like Jason Bateman posted that picture like in July of uh, of uh, old person Bluth's house. I was going to say uh, Walter's, Jessica Walter's house, but that's just her actress's name. Right. But he, like they posted Lucille. that in like July. Lucille, yeah, they posted that in like July. Huh. So it's in the can. I just want to make sure that Lucille 2 is safe. I, I really want to make sure that Liza Minnelli is coming back and getting back in the game. With the Infinity Gauntlet. Correct. That would be the crossover to end all yeah, crossovers. And then, yeah, and um, uh, what, <laughs> now I can't remember anybody's names. Uh, Tony Hale's character? Yeah, Buster. Buster uh, just looks at... Um, Lucille and says, I, I don't I don't feel too well. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. And he and he's the only one that disappears. Yeah. And his two <laughs> his two funny. hook his two hook hands just fall to the ground. Yeah. Um do you know if um 
well, George Senior. Now I'm forgetting uh, actors' names. Jeffrey uh, Campbell. Yeah, Jeffrey. Is that, he actually in the new season? That's why we work well together. I can do actors. Yeah. You can do characters. Yeah, he's confirmed uh, the other day. Alia Shawcock, maybe Funke, uh, was who I have a huge crush on. Mm-hmm. Not not maybe, Alia. Right. Because I think maybe is a sociopath. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, but um, it was confirmed the other day she was doing an interview. He's, she's on it, or he's on it. Um, you know, I can't imagine. Just imagine how difficult it was because I'm, they filmed in July, right? Yeah. So they would have had to do some crazy shit to get him out yeah. of the the series and then but because how interwoven everything is and how you know like how do you how would you even get him out of it you know deadpool x-force tj miller will not be in it he's out in the x-force in the x-force but they couldn't how, how do you get him out like they were done with deadpool too well you and, just you, you 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 pull a mm. um house of cards with uh what's the f is his name Kevin Spacey. Thank you. Gosh, Jesus. Uh, so you pull a Kevin Spacey and you uh, just invite like an old British actor to Christopher take over. Plummer. Yeah, yeah. Just invite but Christopher no, Plummer I... and take over all those roles. I think Christopher Plummer just does not get enough work. So therefore, you just cast him as T.J. Miller and Deadpool. How great would that be? First of all, the problem here's the problem I have with that. Mm-hmm. I think that would be making light of the sexual harassment problem. Because all of a sudden putting – like recasting, especially with Christopher Plummer. I'm, I'm pulling your shit apart here. That's probably what you didn't want. <clears throat> um, but if, if – because they were talking about it. I read an article today. It's like if they make a joke about Jeffrey Tambor not being recast, like with Ron Howard mm-hmm. saying something, that would be horrible. Just let's get through this season, You know, maybe kill him off at the end, and then we'll go forward from there. We, you know, we're going through – we can't just – we can't just end this in one go. Now, that being said, in our little universe, if Christopher Plummer came in to play T.J. Miller, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. It would be the best thing ever. You know, you know what would be even better? What's that? Uh, Christopher Plummer and a rejuvenated Clark Gable as Siamese twins playing T.J. Miller. Book it. I mean, with the technology now, I'm sure that's just uh, a few years away anyways. Um, let's get back to our list here, Grant. For number two, we oh. both picked Avengers Affinity War for number one. But for number two, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm picking one of the children's movies. It's Incredibles 2. Yeah, it's picking. tough. It's now, tough. I've, I've, now, all the other places I've heard and all the other prognosticators are putting this way lower on the list. But I'm oh. telling you that the wait for this movie has been so much like every nerd wants to go and see Incredibles 2. A, it was 10 years ago, remember, that so the remember, first Incredibles remember, came out. So remember 6-year-olds. Exactly. So now that well, are 16. Actually, I think now it's that are 16 are going to want to see it. No, no, no. Actually, I think I'm wrong. I think it was actually more than 10 years ago. Let me just do this very quickly. Well, whatever whatever age, like every every child yeah, okay, th- that was so, around when it came out is going to want to see it now. Then every see, adult that took their child to see it. So now you're getting like three or four generations well, that saw it, the first one and want to go. I mean, we were going to be basically arguing the same thing. It's even worse than that. It was 2004. It's 14 years ago. So the those 10-year-olds that went inside at 10 years old are going to be taking their kids to see it because they're 24 and have three kids now. Yeah, and their parents that took them when they were 10 yeah. are going to want to see it. 
I, I really think because this is like the one movie that everyone said, like, we want a sequel to this. We really want to have a sequel to this, which, I mean, be careful what you wish for. Uh, well, it, th- it's one this... of the few Pixar movies that mm-hmm. set up a sequel. Yeah. So I really do think that this one is going to do massive box office because of the built-in audience and the kids and going and seeing it probably a second or third time. Oh, oh man. What did you What did you pick for number two, Grant? I'm I'm just looking at my, I'm looking at my list. I have one non sequel. Uh yes, I'm just trying. To, yes, me too. That's horrible. Uh, I picked Jurassic I, I will, World. Okay, cool. Why did you pick Jurassic World? Well, it's again, it's one of those things where it's like you have, you now you have the kids that saw Jurassic World the first one. They're gonna want to see this one. And you remember the that the, the first Jurassic World was the bet, like it made the most amount of money, like the two or three years ago when it was released. Yeah. So you, now you have the kids and parents situation going on. And then, of course, you have all the people that saw the original Jurassic Park. They're going to want to see this. So, you know, it's, it's just it's it's not going to be that good. Let's be honest. Well, the, the Jurassic World wasn't all that good. Like, no. I mean, here's the thing is that that movie made – it can, kind of came out of nowhere, Jurassic World did, and just made a ton of cash. But I think it, it was like the, the right time of, and the right amount of nostalgia that people wanted to go and see it. Now, it's going to – I feel like you and I might just be like the exceptions to the rule where I'm really not that excited for a sequel to Jurassic World. And yet when I talk to other people, they're like super stoked on it. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's just me then who just doesn't care that this movie is coming out. Uh, but I think there's a huge amount of people that are. Yeah. Right, am I going to see it opening weekend? Nope. Am I going to see it second opening weekend? Eh, maybe not. <laughs> You'll see. I mean, I, I will <laughs> say I, I picked I picked Jurassic World as my number three pick. So it's not that far off from you well i picked incredibles as my number three pick okay so we picked all the same number top three we just have them in slightly different order now we talked before we started recording that like the top the the two three four five and six yeah could all probably be slotted around differently and it would still make logical sense yeah i I don't think that any of these movies that i have in the top six i mean again i really do think avengers is going to hit number one but everything up until like the sixth spot, I'm pretty confident is going to be in that top position. It I just think could Aven- be in a different order. Avengers has the amount of money to make number one now. Well, not only that, but it has the most amount of time in the summer to do it. Some of these are coming out later on in the summer, so they don't have as much time. Oh, to every, every year you tell me like release dates, and I, I every time you say that, I'm like, damn it, I forgot to think about release dates. Well, you're not going to pick a movie that's coming out like August 24th. And no, I know that's be, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. I always forget about that. I just look at like big summer release lists, and I never yeah. look at the release dates ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, number four for me, Deadpool. Okay, interesting. So number four I'm picking is Solo, a Star Wars story. And it's hard because uh, I flipped around Deadpool and Solo because Deadpool is my number five, spoiler alert. Um, I think Deadpool, because it's R-rated, it just has that slight disadvantage to it. It's still going to make a ton of money. I I remember when you said that last time. Yeah. Well, Deadpool, I think the first one made somewhere like $150, $170 million. But that was like in... November or something like that when the well, first one was released. It is it is tracking at that for opening weekend right now. Sure, um, I think Solo is just going to have that slight edge to it again. I think Solo is actually going to be an awful movie. Yeah, it's going to uh, be awful, like a really bad movie. But I still think the Star Wars brand has enough to carry it to number four. You know, I would have been happy just making Solo my dark horse. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not. I'm just not on board with it. 
And I think other people are tired of it too, you know. But I think the the fun thing about Solo is I think there's a car crash factor that, you know, it, I don't. I think it's gonna have it's gonna have maybe a reasonably good opening weekend. Yeah. Then it's gonna drop. It's gonna have a huge percentage drop. Second. I, I I predict the same thing. Um, I don't think that the majority of people know about the behind the scenes stuff though, Grant. Like us film nerds do, and we're like, this is gonna be pretty bad. They switch directors like seventy five or like three quarters of the way into the movie. Um, but I don't think most people know that, and they probably don't even care, even if they did know that. I told everybody that I talked to. Oh wow, you're ten people that you know. Mm. How will that affect the box office? That's why. I, that's why I have ten less friends now. <laughs> Single tier. <laughs> um, so sorry. I uh, I did solo, and then Deadpool's my number five. What was your number five? Mission Impossible. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Why do you think Mission Impossible? Well, I think um, um, this is the first direct sequel mm-hmm. for Mission Impossible, which and is the interesting. First time, yeah, and the first time that they've ever had the same director come back. It's always been a different director. But uh, I, I just think Mission Impossible is going to get – Mission Impossible gets the old crowd in there too. Like the old – you know, you're like your grandpa that watched, you know, Peter Kraft. I don't know who the guy was uh, that starred in that show. I couldn't even tell you. Leonard Nimoy was in it. I know that. So, you know, you're going to get the older crowd. You're going to get the younger crowd. It's going to – it's the problem is, is you're not going to get a lot of young girls and you're going to get a lot of teenage boy or girlfriends you're not going to get a lot of wives because they're done with this shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that Mission Impossible has been a solid franchise. I mean, I don't remember. Did you like the last one that came out? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. Like, I really liked it. There's that whole opera sequence that I thought was brilliant. Well, there's only there's only that one bad one, which had the like the John the John Woo one. Which is weird to me that the John Woo one is the worst. But I agree. <laughs> well, John Woo and Mission Impossible, like John Woo and Tom Cruise, don't mix. I guess not, but John like, Woo's a great director. So well, no, it was like it, it was a beautifully shot movie, but it's you, you don't want to see Tom Cruise kung fu fighting with a motorcycle, right? Right. Speak for yourself. Um, but now, but also, it's funny now if you go back and watch uh, Mission Impossible, the first one. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, good, all right. I guess this is a th- it's such a '90s action movie, right? Like when you look at it, you can tell that was made in the '90s. And and every time I go, Emilio Estevez, right? Like, what's he doing here? Oh, and he's dead. Uh, spoiler okay. alert! Spoiler alert for like a 20 year old movie at this point. Uh, what was your number six? That's Solo. Yo, that's where you put Solo. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is where I put Hotel Transylvania three. Oh, it's so tough to pick these. It's hard, but the other two have made this some so much money, Grant. And, it, and it's funny because you, you know, just before we started recording, I thought about switching Hotel Transylvania with Solo, mm-hmm. and it'll make you laugh when you find out where I put Hotel Transylvania. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had—I don't know—I've probably seen the first Hotel Transylvania. I'm going to say like at least two dozen times only because it's what my nephew likes to watch whenever I'm over visiting. So I've seen that movie just so many times. You've got to be like, no, bitch, you're watching Django. you got to get educated. <laughs> Those are balls. Yeah. Bitch, we're watching Reservoir Dogs. I don't care if you're three and a half. You're going to like it. Okay. That is an unusual amount of blood. <laughs> um, so it's always hard to tell, but I mean, I, parent, like, kids' movies are so hard to 
guess on, but they usually do fairly well. And the other two have done so much money, have gotten so much money. That's so Hotels Transylvania for number six. You picked Solo for number six. Solo, said, yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, what was your number seven? Ant Man. Oh, we same one for me. So Ant Man and the Wasp. And it's funny because we we both talked about how two through six could be interchanged. Yes. And now we're like number seven. We know exactly what's going there. <laughs> exactly. Apparently, uh, which is interesting. It's so mm. much further down. Uh, than the Avengers, you would think, hey, this movie that's coming out like a month after the Avengers. Comes Just completely out. different movies, completely different movies. It, it is. And, and it always, like the first Ant-Man to me always felt like this weird like diversion in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It felt like a throwback to like a 90s heist movie, which is, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But this, like the people who are Jones, like I need more. I want to know what the rest of the story is. I don't think are going to go and see this anyways. And even if they did, they're going to be, I think, sorely disappointed. Um, yeah, so it's just going to be a different feel, different different thing altogether. All right, number eight. What is your number eight pick? What's yours? Mine, this is where I put Mission Impossible. I put Ocean's 8. So we're almost on the same page. <laughs> Ocean's bit. 8, Mission Impossible, same movie. Um, I feel bad now because I don't have Ocean's 8 anywhere on my list. Well, Ocean's 8's like a weird – you know, it was on my Dark Horse. Then it was up on 8. Well, you the, know, thing, like, the thing the, about it is – For me, eight, want... 8, 9, 10 – yeah. And the Dark Horses, I could have probably fudged around anywhere. I, 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 and I hate to do it like it's like this segment is probably going to come out and watch this movie as if like everyone who's like a woman is going to come and see Ocean's 8. But I think there is something to be said. Hey, this is counter-programming sort of thing. Because there's always like a comedy, which I don't know if I've actually oh. put on a comedy. Or there's always a, one of those movies that <clears throat> comes out of nowhere, in quotes, that no one could predict was going to be in the top ten. Oh, if you, want counter, if you want counter-programming, wait for my number nine. Mm, all right. Well, Mission Impossible uh, 6 <laughs> is my number eight pick. Yours was Ocean 8 at your eighth pick. Uh, what was your number nine? Mama Mia. Son Here of a bitch. Me too. That's what I put as number nine. This is going to be so great when we're all wrong. Um, I'm glad that you sang it that way because you actually are under contract. You're contractually obligated to actually have to sing it. When there's a, there, you know, there's a lawyer sitting right next to me. Oh, I know. That's, I, I had, uh, I had a, that's Joseph. Know, I, I yeah. sent him down there. Oh, okay. I don't like, he, he's looking at me over his horned rim glasses right now. It's very disapproving. Well, he's like, you were a little pitchy dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were like um, Pierce Brosnan. You're a very Pierce Brosnan uh, in, in that rendition. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I took an ice ice bath before I came in here because, you know, did you know that uh, the old the older a James Bond got, the more out of shape they would get? Right, so before yeah. they would do shirtless scenes, they would take an ice bath. To that work? To yeah. Right. Sir, walk, out, walk outside when it's like negative 20. You're going to have pecs, man. I, I have pecs for days, but uh, but thank you. Um, I think this is, yeah, I think this what has to What does that even go... mean for days? I don't, I don't know. For like, what, two days you have pecs and then they're gone? Yeah. Two days a year? Then two they days pack, a year? pack their bags and they go. They're like, nope. oh, they, no. No, 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 they, they peck their bags. No, no, we're not going to do this. Um, Mamma Mia, I think is, it has to be. I mean, again, the first one made so much money. And I just think people like to go to the movies and have fun. And this is going to be like families and like mothers and daughters and, oh, and, well, and a gay, gay man are going to go to this. And, you know, the uh, remember when I saw uh, uh, Murder on the Orient Express? Did I tell you the story right. about the grandma that took her two grandchildren? No. 
Or maybe you did. I just forgotten. It was really adorable. And she was one of those, like, come on, kids. I know where the theater is. She's like, oh, you got to go to the bathroom? What a small bladder. <laughs> you know, so she's one of those honorary grandmothers. Yeah, yeah. And you know that they love her because they would go to a movie with her. And they probably do right. it, like, every month they have a movie night. I'm sure they right. do. And right, you right. know their movie night is going to be Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not that I really love the first one, but I think it's going to, I think it's going to make some money. Okay. You know what, mo- you know what movie I never saw? What's that? Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah. You're not missing much. Uh, number 10. What is your number 10? Uh, the Rocks skyscraper. Okay. But Grant, and I'm going to steal this joke. Um, how, how do you know people will not mistake that for a rampage that is currently out in theaters? Because it legitimately is the exact same movie, except without a giant crocodile. And no Molly Ackerman. True, but it looks like the exact same movie. Yeah, but it's a different uh, release date. Uh, I know. I just think that audiences are dumb, and I'm I'm counting on them to be like, oh, there's that rock movie that I already saw two well, months you, ago. You, you know audience are so dumb they're gonna think the jungle cruise is a sequel to jumanji welcome to the jungle well true enough you know that's gonna happen listen i put no i put enough faith into audiences to know that they are gonna have as the number 10 movie this summer the meg i didn't even have that on my list anywhere i know um this is probably where i like blow the entire list that i totally guess wrong but i think there's gonna be some sort of like you pick the skyscraper, like the end of the world movie, like disaster film. And my pick for that was the Meg instead, where it's like the Megalodon is coming. It's basically like Sharknado, but actually released into theaters. Well, it's, it's you know, the Meg is a real, I think it's it's going to be, they're going to have it uh, tracking for like a number, you know, because sure. they, they had Sharknado tracking for something like 50 million, you know, views. Right. And it ended up getting like two. <laughs> right, right, right. But but Twitter was talking about the whole movie, so people were basically live tweeting a movie they weren't watching, exactly. which I find which I find along. hilarious. So, but the Meg is not a bad choice. I think the Meg and the skyscraper are kind of similar choices. Similar. It just depends on which one people actually go and see. Um, so I'm interested. What do you now, okay? Three, I, what do you think? Dark horses. I I do appreciate Jason Statham a lot. Okay. Now the problem I have with Jason Statham. Is I want him to do more comedies. I agree. He's so good. He, he's funny. Yeah. So, you know, what can I say? Okay, my dark horses. You just want me to read all three? Yeah, just do all three. Okay. Remember, I said I almost switched Solo and Hotel Transylvania. Right. Right. Well, Hotel Transylvania, The Equalizer, uh huh, and Purge. Yeah, I was. I don't. I, I'm so curious to see Purge. The Purge movies have done so well. All of them have done really well at the box office. I just don't and, know and if they're enough to get into the top ten area. I know, but they always make almost or just enough because they were in the top ten once or twice. So it's like they're they're like nine, ten, eleven range. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. we're we're aligned on one of them because Equalizer Two is one I put into my dark horses. I, as I well. loved Equalizer the first one, loved it. I didn't see it, but I never bet against Denzel. I was actually close to putting the Equalizer into the top ten actually somewhere, uh, but didn't at the end of the day. The other one, this is a long shot, which is Christopher Robin. Even though I think that trailer looks really creepy and weird, I would uh, I would like to say that I saw a movie the other day. I can't remember what it was, but I saw Denzel Washington's penis. 
Oh. I, I think that was in the trailer for Christopher Robin, actually. Uh, and then finally, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, another has... one Another one that I, I, I'm going to go see uh, right away, but I, I can't – I don't think it's going to do it. I don't think so either, but, I mean, it could prove again – that if you market a movie towards a demographic that usually does not get movies made for them, that perhaps there will be just a bunch of interest and uh, box office will follow. We'll see. Okay, those are our top ten lists. So let's just go through them one more time just for the people keeping score at home. So my top ten were Avengers Infinity War, Incredibles 2, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Deadpool 2, Hotel Transylvania 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mission Impossible 6 Fallout, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and then The Meg at number 10. Dark Horses is Crazy Rich Asians, Christopher Robin, and Equalizer 2. Uh, my number one was National Treasure 3. Correct, yes. yeah. Jurassic World, Incredibles, Deadpool, National Treasure 4. They were filmed back-to-back. Uh, it was actually Mission Impossible. And then Solo, Ant-Man, Ocean's 8, Mamma Mia, Skyscraper, Equalizer, Purge, and Hotel Transylvania. Those last three are my dark horses. Cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this thing. Um, we have to come up then with punishments. So, oh what, shit, I haven't thought about this at all. Well, um, yeah. So let's let's think about this. Let's look, oh, look at. I have, I have a list of movies that I I just want to make you watch. Oh, okay. Well, well, well. There we go. Um, let's let's do this. If I mean, this wouldn't be the worst one, but just because you've already said that you didn't see it, if I win, you Grant has to watch Mamma Mia. Okay. <laughs> this and is going to be good. Grant wins. In, I have to watch. In what? honor of Thor surviving Infinity War, uh-huh. you have to watch God is Not Dead. What is that one again? That's where uh, uh, Hercules Legendary Journeys is a professor who challenges his students to uh, convince him that God still exists. Okay. Is this a recent film? Eh, like five years ago. There's been four of them already now. Jeez Louise. Okay. All right. Well, I'm down for that. We'll, we'll get that done. Yep. Uh, thank you so much, for everyone, for listening. Hopefully, you can construct your own lists and play along at home. Uh, I know that a uh, friend of the show, Blake, made up a spreadsheet for us last year. Maybe he would be so kind as to do that again. Uh, don't know exactly how, how that works. Um, but hopefully he can do that. If you want to get in contact with us, whateverpod at gmail.com. If you want to send in comments or questions, you can also follow us on Twitter at whateverpod. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash whateverpod. And then my own personal Twitter is I'm at the Kyle Marshall. That's Marshall with two L's. Grant, what's your Twitter? Uh, twitter.com slash fedgymans f-e-j-i-m-a-n-z or Z, depending upon what country you're in god is not dead i'm just typing that into my document i'm also I'll... going to tweet out right now um from the uh the whatever pod twitter exactly what my setup looks like here right now because i am in a hotel in edmonton alberta because i traveled here for a pod summit which is tomorrow so I had to bring up my whole gear with me. Yeah. You know, uh, have you watched Brockmire yet? Not not a single episode. No. You need to watch it. It is probably my favorite TV show. <laughs> it's it's, okay. it's it's like it's like Brockmire, Bojack Horseman, and Rick and Morty. Interesting. If you if you look at if you watch those three shows, very, very close 
thematically. Hmm. But everything is depressing. Uh, self-destructive people. Very funny. Very depressing. Very real. Yeah. Uh, bigger than life characters that actually are grounded. Interesting. Brockmire speaks like this. Hi, I'm Jim Brockmire. Uh, today it's at the Big A, it's 98 degrees, and first pitch is gonna come in five minutes. Oh, so he's a sportscaster. Oh, I think um, we talked about this too. I mean, I think I've um, talked about it a lot. That's yeah. why I keep asking you if you've watched. It. I think last time we we recorded, I asked you if you've watched yeah. it. Talking about uh, Hank Azaria, I think next episode we should maybe delve into a little bit about the Apu controversy on The Simpsons. Yep. Whatever. I don't care. Meh. Are we gonna remember? That's all. That's my, that was my thought. I was like, are we gonna remember? <laughs> oh no, not not at all. Uh, we have no follow through. If I was on top of things, I'd grab the document up right now. But I just, I just set my phone down, and, and that's it is way too much it, work. It is very far away. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk later. <laughs> oh man, I gotta go pee really bad.